Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Welcome back to Five Ways Employees Drive Us Crazy and What to Do About It. They have entitlement mentality, do they? That's what we're going to discuss today. Listen, a safe workplace, decent wages, and mutual respect is not entitlement. In this session today, we're going to talk about setting boundaries as well as healthy and unhealthy conflict. As I've mentioned a gazillion times already, we are a lot more alike than we are different. Focus on adapting your communication styles. So you, the manager, need to change your style. Less memos, emails, and text messages, more in-person, two-way conversations. Whether the individual is 20 or 60, male or female, white, brown, yellow, black, it doesn't matter. Everybody should be treated as an individual. If you know them as a person, as a human being, you can adapt your communication. However, if their knowledge, skills, and abilities do not fit the job or the project, they're not going to work out, end of story, and it's not their fault. With that said, if you hired or promoted the wrong person and have yet to hold them accountable or get rid of them, then yes, they probably do feel entitled because they have no idea that anything is wrong. It's your job, again, to set boundaries. How do you do that? Focus on those knowledge, skills, and abilities, two-way communication, and accountability. Let's dive into conflict because, honestly, it's all really about perspective. Perspective is the reality. Emotional and behavioral awareness is key to managing and appropriately responding to behavior to get to the root cause of issues. What is conflict? Well, the definition of conflict is a form of communication that has a disagreement. It's really not that scary, and there can be healthy conflict. Bottom line, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, conflict in the workplace is inevitable. You put two humans in a room, I don't care how much they like each other, there's going to be some kind of conflict. So how do we manage it at work? Well, first of all, keep in mind that it may be impacted by relationships and things like personality styles, generations, and even emotional intelligence. Conflict in the workplace requires effective communication skills by yours truly to address and resolve this conflict and to make sure everybody has a feeling of safety so that they can work through the conflict. Unhealthy conflict fosters negative feelings and a boatload of stress. It also creates barriers to communication and minimizes cooperation. Why? Because people are hiding from you. So they can't cooperate with you. It promotes negative behavior if left undressed and it takes up a lot of expensive, valuable time. So how do we respond to conflict? Well, let's not do these things. Let's not avoid it because the problem will not go away. When we avoid people or things, we're thinking, oh, the problem's gonna go away. Tell me a time when that actually worked because it rarely, if ever, does. 
Another tactic that your employees might have is, oh, poor me, and they complain to others. So it's called drama, and it gets everybody riled up. It's usually by a passive-aggressive person or someone who thinks they're a martyr. A very unhealthy response to conflict could be anger, which results in emotional outbursts, and that makes everybody uncomfortable and nothing is resolved. Everybody now avoids that person, or they get angry and have emotional outbursts as well. And then another final unhealthy response to conflict, which is so immature, is revenge. A person may want to get even or even sabotage their coworker for ruining their reputation. It's your job, unfortunately, sorry, as the manager, the supervisor, or HR to deal with conflict in a healthy manner. If you are allowing employees or managers to deal with it in one of these manners that I just discussed, you're going to have a very bad impact on your culture. People might be explosive, angry, hurt, and resentful. They are most likely going to withdraw their trust in you and their respect in you. This is going to result possibly in a fear of abandonment that the employee feels that you abandoned them, and then what happens? They leave. Or worse, they quit and stay. They may also always expect a bad outcome when they're dealing with you. So you have to learn how to deal with conflict in a healthy manner. Why do we want to deal with it in a healthy manner? Well, obviously, we want to avoid all the things I just said, but we really want to expose those problems, you know, get to the root cause of the problems, take away the finger pointing and the blame and solve the problem. In some cases, the problem might be the person, and that's where coaching comes in and, unfortunately, other items up to and including termination. We want to make sure that we motivate everybody to seek understanding of each other and improve the team dynamics, create a safe working environment. This may result, hopefully it will result, in better decisions by getting people to challenge their assumptions. Uh, it could also facilitate change, well-needed change. And it is a huge investment in time, though. And I think that is why a lot of people just avoid conflict altogether because they don't have the time. Well, if you avoid it, it stays there and you're going to be paying for it one way or the other. Make sure that when you're dealing with conflict, you recognize and respond to important matters. So maybe you don't have the time to do it right now, but put a calendar-driven appointment on your calendar for tomorrow at 9 a.m. so that employee or set of employees is meeting with you and they know you're not ignoring them. You also need to make sure that everybody is ready to forgive and move on. This isn't so easy for everybody. But if you're giving everybody a fair shake, it's inevitable that someone's going to make a mistake. And you could also remind an employee who's not ready to forgive, hey, remember a time when you made a mistake and we all moved on? Just do that in private. You also want to make sure that everybody believes that they can have a resolution. Everybody's not always going to enjoy the resolution, but if once in a while they get their way, and I mean that in a positive way, that everyone gets a voice at the table and they say, okay, my voice is heard, but we're not choosing my resolution this time, but we have last time, so I'm comfortable with this decision. It's all about team dynamics. Just rem remember that conflict is not a negative word. It can be healthy. It's often uncomfortable, but it's necessary. There have been many conflicts in our workplace, in our world, uh, throughout time, 
just recently than there still is during the COVID era. But one of the things that I like to remind people of, because it's just kind of part of a workplace now, is uh, OSHA, so safety at work. We didn't have safety at work or an Occupational Safety and Health Administration until 1970. And the reason we had that was because of conflict and people fought that battle for us. And now it's just part of what we do. We want to make sure our employees are safe at work. It's their right. So conflict can be a healthy thing. It can lead to long-term change, not only in your workplace, but in the entire world, to be quite honest. What are the five benefits of healthy team conflict? We want to make sure people feel that they can trust you and they're secure with you, but then they can trust their team so that they can talk openly about things that they agree and disagree with. Definitely invites diverse points of view. And I mean diversity in the legal sense and diversity in the in the sense of just asking people who normally wouldn't be invited to the table, what are your thoughts? And then allowing that conflict. Now, you may have to moderate that conflict and you know moderate who's speaking and when so that everybody has a voice at the table, but it gets easier. Healthy conflict surfaces potential issues. They don't get shoved under the rug and hidden. It also builds commitment to moving forward to the company vision, to the team, and it leads to better decisions overall. Some of the possible conflict outcomes are many. And again, not everyone's going to have a win-win. Some people might have a lose-lose, but if there's a compromise involved, uh, or maybe a win-lose, one person's winning, one person's losing, but it's not always that same person that's winning and it's not always that same person that's losing, it gets a lot easier. But you're going to have to regulate that until the employees can figure out how to do it themselves. And sometimes that may be never. So be a conflict champion. It's okay. It's uncomfortable, but it is okay. Okay, so let's talk about common types of conflict and who is the person that is in charge of this conflict because it can be confusing. And it may be different for your organization, but this is generally what I see. So the first one is the direct management. So leaders, supervisors, team leads, maybe directors. They typically deal with the day-to-day conflict amongst employees and the team. Personality conflicts, gossip and drama, um, any kind of perceived unfairness. Constructive feedback, of course, because you're going to be having regular feedback conversations with your employees. And then process improvement ideas. They're usually dealt with at the team level. The next level up, so in your organization, it might be a director, maybe it's a VP, uh, depends on how your organization is structured. But the next level up usually deals with, in conjunction with the manager, career path decisions for employees, uh, performance and behavior assessments, finalizing them, making sure everything looks legit and is consistent with the company processes and the company procedures. Division of work might be at that level, or it could be at the the management level as well. Um, Major disciplinary issues, and then even pay, uh, such as salary and promotions. Human resources usually deals with the legal issues. Uh, So harassment, discrimination, any kind of leave, federal leave, FMLA, employee health and benefits, and then any other kind of legal issues. Sure, is HR involved in some of these other items? Often because they're training or they might be the witness, 
but the managers and the supervisors and the directors are really the ones that should be handling the conflict, not HR. You may be leaning on HR for advice and guidance, especially for your company procedures, but you should be handling the majority of the conflict, not HR. Here's what I ask people when they, they come to me. A manager comes to me and says, hey, Wendy, can you go and talk to my employee for me um, based on this drama or perceived unfairness? And I say, do you want them to respect me? Or do you want them to respect you? Because if you want them to respect me, I'll go talk to them. If you want them to respect you, you should go talk to them. And we can practice that session before you go. Now, in some situations, you do know that you need a, a witness because it might be a, a, a borderline legal issue. And so grab another supervisor or maybe HR if another supervisor is not available. One item that I get a lot of calls on, and believe it or not, I, I would say a majority of my phone calls start with this, uh, and it's rudeness and incivility at work. Uh, rudeness leads to the conflict, and you need to manage it. You need to deal with it. 50% of workers say that they have experienced rudeness or incivility at least once per week in the workplace. That's a lot. What's the cost to the company? Low morale, low productivity, and high turnover. So make sure that you're stepping on that rudeness and civility and you're pulling those people aside immediately and saying this is not acceptable here. Talking about low morale and poor productivity, which may be caused by rudeness, it may be caused by poor management, it may be caused about, uh, by other issues. So let's talk about the cost of low morale and poor productivity because of rudeness and incivility at work. In this survey that I mentioned, 80% of the people said they lost work time worrying about the rudeness incident. 63% lost work time avoiding the offender altogether. 66% said that their performance completely declined. And 78%, this is huge, 78% said their commitment to the company as a whole declined. 25% even admitted to taking it out on customers. Wow. Rudeness in the workplace is a top reason for employee resignation. One out of eight people who have been affected by rudeness based on their coworker or manager have left their organization voluntarily. It's a pretty big deal. So we need to kick this rudeness to the curb and make sure that everybody is behaving how we want them to behave at work. How do you do that? Be transparent about your expectations by creating communicating and enforcing your policies regarding any kind of behavior in the workplace. Ask questions about behavior in interviews using your company values. Provide education and training on the company values and the expected behavior in the workplace. And then hold people accountable, including yourself. Hold yourself accountable. Grab that mirror on your own behavior. And then finally, be inclusive to everybody on the team. So your action plan moving forward today is to ask yourself, what skills do I need to focus on developing first for me? What skill will I practice over the next 30 days? And who do I trust to hold me accountable for this? Our next and final session of five ways employees drive us crazy and what to do about it is about they just don't care. I have two books which you can find on Amazon or on thehrlady.com. 
Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.